good? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. And you are listening to another episode of Talking Commanders with Manny. So it's been a week into free agency, and we have to talk about what we know. We knew that coming into this free agency that we had several different needs, right? We needed offensive linemen, right? We needed a cornerback. We needed linebacker. And all these things were addressed to a certain point, but it hasn't really reached what we expect as fans. You know, we brought in Gates. We brought in Wiley from Kansas City, Gates from the Giants. So you have a center and then you have a center guard and then a guard tackle. All depends on what we decide to do with the depth chart, right? It's Is Cosmo going to play outside or inside? Is Wiley going to play inside or outside? We don't know. Also, questions that we have is, what does the team do during the draft? Are they going to draft a guy to fill some of these other offensive line spots that wasn't filled through free agency? Does Chase Roulier get cut? You know, and then also another need that we had that wasn't addressed in free agency is tight end. And we're going to get the tight end in just a minute. So when you look at the offensive line, right, you add two guys in free agency, right? You're possibly going to add a few more pieces and then let these guys compete to see what you have at the end of the day to see, hey, are these guys going to make a cut for your 53-man roster? We don't know. Several different needs that need to be filled, especially the offensive line. And then it's like during the draft at 16, where do you go? Offensive line? Do you go uh, a cornerback? Obviously, you don't go a linebacker again, right, because you already went linebacker a few years ago with Jamie Davis, right? Tight end, do you go there? Do you see a prospect, let's say Michael Mayer that you like, Adalta Kincaid, and some of some of these other tight ends? It's a super deep tight end class, so I don't see them going tight end in the draft as well. But so with the free agency profile, right, when you saw all of these different tight ends that were available during free agency, you were kind of excited. You know, um, Dalton Schultz was out there. He just got signed by the Houston Texans. He bet on himself. It didn't work out for him. One year, $9 million deal. And Commanders fans are mad. Like, why didn't we get a Dalton Schultz? Maybe he didn't want to come here. Okay. Now we move on to the next guy that was in that free agency profile, which is Mike Giusecki, a guy I felt that could fit in the Eric B. Enemy's system. He went on to he went on to the Patriots. Mind you, the Patriots already have a tight end in Hunter Henry. But do they move on from Hunter Henry? So there's still going to be people that are available through cuts. As the offseason progresses, so it's not over yet. After the draft, you kind of go back into free agency to fill the rest of the needs that you didn't fill during the draft. There's also undrafted free agents as well. So Mike Giuseppe, he was an option. He's gone. He goes to the Pats. Then you have Hayden Hurst, who you felt like, okay, he, he did a one-year deal with a team like, um, like the Bengals. He didn't really pop. On that team, so it's kind of like he comes here. How much better can he actually get? He gets to go to the Carolina Panthers to where he'll be another safety valve similar to what Houston has done with Dalton Schultz. So you see young quarterbacks are getting veteran tight ends who can come in and be a safety valve. Who does Sam Howell has as his safety valve? Logan Thomas? I honestly think that Logan Thomas is done. I don't think that, that Logan Thomas has much of any value left which is why I've said that he might be a piece that is expendable. But how do you replace a Logan Thomas when you do remove him and then that tight end group being young, raw, and also you have guys that are good blockers, you have guys that are good pass catchers, but then you don't really have an all-around tight end, which is a, which is where a guy like Michael Mayer might come into play. So Hayden Hurst, he goes. 
Then you're like, okay, maybe we can go the ultra cheap route and bring in a guy like Robert Tanyan, who had that 11 touchdown season two years ago. After that, he hasn't really done much, right? So it's like, okay, now Robert Tanyan, he's going to the Chicago Bears. Then it's like, where do you turn? So the four guys that we kind of profiled as free agency fits or possibilities for the commanders are all gone. Who's left? You have Foster Moreau, who played well in games where Darren Waller was gone. He's still available. But he's looking like he might be going to the Cincinnati Bengals or he might go to the Saints with his ties with Joe Burrow and with his ties being from New Orleans. Now, who else is available? Um, you have guys uh, like... Uh Action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. That's a win-win to me. Like right now, you got the NBA playoffs coming up, right? You got NBA games right now. You got baseball games right now. You have all kinds of games that you can bet. So just lock in with us. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See you guys there. OJ Howard just signed. Austin Hooper, he's still available, but he's looking at some teams right now. So it's looking like, oh, Irv Smith, one of my personal favorites. I feel like he's a guy who fits the commander's profile. They like to bring in these guys that have been hurt that are so low to where they still have some value, but because of some reason, they kind of bring these guys who, who has been hurt and that – guys that might not get the money that they deserve. So Irv Smith might fit that mold of the commanders buying low on a potential that if he's fully healthy, he plays well. Which gives me a perfect segue to the commanders bringing in another guy that's similar to what I just said. So at linebacker, you had uh, Cole Holcomb. He went on to the Pittsburgh Steelers on a three-year deal. I think it was about $6 million a year, which is not bad. Great for him. Um, but for us, we move on. Maybe we feel like we can upgrade at that position. You bring in a Cody Barton for a one-year deal who is a similar profile to a Cole Holcomb. Um, is he going to play middle linebacker? He came here to have a, a, a chance to play middle linebacker, which is why he came to uh, D.C. So it's going to be interesting to see where Jack Del Rio actually places this guy. Okay? Now, the commanders were actually hosting um, – his name slips me, but I will get the name for you, Anthony Walker Jr. Anthony Walker Jr. was drafted by the Colts, played there four years, had some pretty good seasons, solid seasons, and he played uh, for the Browns for the past two years. He was hurt last year. So that's what I'm saying. They're bringing in guys that get hurt, and then you bring them in, and then you hope that these guys can be healthy and give you some solid play. From what I hear about Anthony Walker Jr., he is excellent in – pass coverage, which is what we need. We need a pass coverage linebacker. We haven't had one in a long time. So if we do add a Anthony Walker Jr., I will feel so much better about our linebacking group as a whole. Now, let me give you guys a little bit of background about Cody Barton. So we signed him 
Um, he was a third-round pick by the Seattle Seahawks in 2019, coming off of a career-high season in tackles, 136 tackles, uh, which was fifth among, amongst line, linebackers. And he also had uh, six pass breakups and two interceptions. So he's a solid player. He's coming in here. He's going to be one of those guys that commits to that downhill type of play, that aggressive tackling Um He's one of those guys that doesn't really miss tackles. He's really, really solid. He's a tackling machine. So he might be the same level as, as Cole Holcomb, but maybe slightly better. Maybe. So with him, and then if you do add another guy, maybe they add another guy during the draft, middle to late rounds. It seems like the commanders love to attack undrafted free agency. Uh, I mean, undrafted, yeah, undrafted free agency. Those are the kind of guys that they kind of go after, so – I don't know what draft capital is looking like for linebackers. After Jamin Davis, what more do you really have at linebacker? So it's a glaring need that has been covered, semi-covered, maybe not fully covered, but let's see what happens with Anthony uh, Walker Jr. Um, if he does sign, I'll be coming on the YouTube channel, giving you guys more in-depth uh, uh, analysis on who he is as a player and what he does best and also what he does, what his weakness is. Because a lot of times we focus on the strengths of these guys and then we never really highlight what they do wrong. But um, the commanders did sign a defensive lineman named Abdullah Anderson. And when I saw him, I was like, man, who is this guy? So let me give you guys a little bit about who Abdullah Anderson is. So what we're doing is we're bringing in depth on that defensive lineman. And I believe he's a defensive tackle. Very flexible. I'm sure, you know, Ron Rivera loves his position flex. Sometimes he uses people all over. I mean, sometimes he plays five uh, five defensive linemen at one time. So a little bit about him. They signed this guy for, for you know, depth. He might not make the 53, but, hey, as of right now, today he's on the roster. Anderson was an undrafted free agent out of Bucknell, spent the 2022 season with the Atlanta Falcons, and he had a career uh, season with 40 tackles, one sack, one quarterback hit prior to signing with the Falcons. Uh, Anderson played with the Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers. He's kind of been all around. But while he was a four-year starter at Bucknell, this guy was solid. 171 tackles, uh, 300 and uh, sorry, 33.5 uh, tackles for loss, which is huge. Uh, 15.5 sacks, uh, 14 pass breakups, which is great for a defensive lineman, and he also blocked four kicks. So you see that he's very athletic, and maybe this is a guy that you bring in that could possibly play some special teams for you. Yes, defensive linemen do play special teams. Yeah, I mean, you need somebody on block uh, uh, kicks. You need somebody on different several aspects of free agency. So, I mean, of um, special teams. So, guys, that's one of the signings that we made. Um, so we've whiffed on tight end. Um, it seems like we're going to bargain being there and then maybe hit the draft. Hopefully, hopefully, if we can get a guy in the second or third round, I will be so excited. Most likely second round because I know the kind of guys that will be available in the second round, including a Darnell Washington, who had a great combine, big, big tight end. He can block. He can uh, catch. Uh, he can do a lot of different things, and he's super, super, super athletic. So I do, I do love his potential there. So the offensive line at 16, what do we do in the draft? So from what I've seen with the commanders, being that we did not attack corner aggressively, what this tells me is that we are possibly going to be drafting somebody 
And with the Eagles bringing back Slay, they're, they are now officially out of the market to grab a, let's say, Gonzalez from Oregon. So what that means for the commanders is that we have a really good chance at drafting a really good corner. I can definitely see a top three corner in this draft fall to 16. I don't know if a top tackle falls to 16, but if, if one does, you definitely fall on that or hop on that. Let's say if one of the top defensive linemen fall, commanders could possibly trade back, right, and acquire more assets. That, that sounds very, very reasonable. If somebody's willing to trade up, give you a, their first and a third, you definitely make that deal or if somebody's willing to give you a second next year or a second this year, whatever that you can do to acquire more assets, you do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they trade up, trade back. But corner definitely seems as a real possibility at 16 for the commanders. I'm not picky on any corner that we're going to be bringing in as long as that corner fits what we're trying to do with the commanders. I talked about Cameron Dantzler, who we picked up from uh, waivers on the last episode. If you guys haven't seen the last episode, go back and check that video. Go back and check that podcast episode. Now, we talked about corner briefly. Definitely a possibility, right? We talked about offensive linemen in a nutshell. You still need about two more high-quality guys, not guys that you bargain bin or, or depth guys. You need two guys that are going to come in and be a legit impact. Now, Cincinnati does have an offensive lineman that, you know, they're looking at getting rid of. Um, after bringing in Orlando Brown, they feel like, you know what? It might be time to move on from this particular player. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to give you guys a little bit more background on this guy in a minute. So they bring in Orlando Brown, who's a very, very good player, borderline elite. He's elite even if you want to say that he's elite. Now you're bringing in, you know, they, now you have the guy that was already there. I think it's Jonah Williams. Name escapes me. So Jonah Williams is already there. He's real solid. But then it's like you're you're like you're upgrading. So when you're upgrading, or maybe they was talking to him and saying, "Hey, we want you to play right tackle." And he's like, "Nah, I don't want to play right tackle. I was drafted here. I was drafted to be a left tackle, and that's what I'm going to be." Um. So. Let me give you guys a little bit more background. Give me one second. Give you guys accurate information. I believe it's, yeah, it's Jonah Williams. Uh, this guy was solid. He was a, a, a high draft pick. And he's done nothing wrong. It was just that the Cincinnati Bengals decided to upgrade, you know? So now I'm bringing in Orlando Brown. Like I said, he plays left tackle. And then here's a guy that's going to be here playing right tackle. Now, he wants a trade. He's requesting a trade. He was a guy that was drafted in the first round, pick nine, uh, 11 overall. Um, he's 25 years old. Very, very good. But who's willing to give up the draft capital and then pay this guy? So that's more of a contending type move. But you just never know. Maybe the commanders look through the draft and say, hey, we couldn't find what we're looking for. Hey, here's a second round pick, uh, Bengals. Let's go ahead and get this starting caliber left tackle. He fills that position. You move on from Charles Leno, and then boom, you now have a solid offensive line, and you do that without even having to spend your first-round pick. 
then you can still extend this guy because you feel like he is talented. You're definitely giving up a second-round pick to get a guy like this. So that's just a possibility. I don't see the commanders trading for Noah Williams, but out of all the possibilities and all the different scenarios that are out there, he is somebody that I feel like possibly the commanders could go and trade for, but possibly won't because the commanders don't make splash moves. The commanders are a team that's basically, you know, they make smart decisions. They, they're showing that they, that they sign their own guys and, um, We'll see if that fifth-year option gets picked up for Chase Young. It's a conversation we're not willing to have because Chase Young hasn't really had the season that we have wanted him to. Like Based off of that injury, it's kind of hard to bounce back. So this next coming year is going to be a make a do-or-die year for Chase Young going into year four. Um, man, you're going to have to see some numbers. If not numbers, you have to see some pressures. You have to see some impact. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Chase Young, whether they give him that fifth-year option. Either way it goes, um, I think that Chase Young is going to ball out this season, and I cannot wait for it. If Chase Young is playing well, it doesn't matter who's playing linebacker. It doesn't really matter. So, But I do feel like the commanders do improve that linebacker position a little bit more before the draft. Um, people talk about wide receiver. I think the commanders are good at wide receiver for now. If they do bring in anybody, it's somebody who plays teams, maybe somebody like uh, uh, Richie James maybe. He's available. He can return some punts, can return some kicks, and then you can use him in a slot when you do need him. Um, let me see if I'm missing anything. Yes, the commander's ownership. You guys know me. I don't really get into things such as ownership or get into the scandals or, or those kinds of news as much, but there has been news circulating all over the web today that Magic Johnson is joining the group, um, the Harris group, uh, to go ahead and put in that bid for the commanders. Everybody knows that Magic Johnson is a guy that's just business savvy, very, very solid. So the news, here's the news right here. Magic Johnson has joined the Josh Harris group bidding for the commanders. Johnson has ownership experience with the Dodgers, L.A. Sparks, um, the L.A. Football Club, um, and he was also part of the uh, Harris uh, bid for the Broncos. So he definitely knows business. He definitely knows what he's doing, especially when it comes to sports. Being a Lakers fan, I have been able to know Magic Johnson as a front office guy. And one, one thing I can say about Magic Johnson is that he makes good business decisions. Um, obviously, ownership is ownership. He won't be, you know, um, making decisions on who we sign. He's not the GM is what I'm trying to say. But ownership does have a say in what they want because obviously they own the team. They get to hire whatever GM they want. They get to hire whatever coach they want. It'll be interesting to see if this ownership group, my biggest thing with this is, are they going to be on board with Ron Rivera? Are they going to be an ownership group that says, hey, if this doesn't work, we want to go with the Airbnb route. Whether it works or it doesn't work, that's also a big-time possibility going the Eric Bieniemy route. So, with all that being said, it's going to be an exciting offseason. There is, has never been an offseason that has been quiet for the commander since I've been a fan. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully, no more scandals. Hopefully, we're just talking about football, the ownership stuff. I can't wait for that to be over with. I don't see the name changing again. Some people are saying... 
oh, these guys buy the commanders and then they change the name. I think the name is here to stick for a very long time, for a very long time. Um, also, the direction of this front office, it seems like we are locked in on Sam Howell, which is not a bad thing. We're bringing a Jacoby Brissett, who, shout out to him, negotiated his own deal. So that's pretty, pretty awesome right there. Um, he comes in to battle with Sam Howell, but is it really going to be a battle? Um, I've also said this on previous episodes. If Sam Howell cannot beat out a Brissett, Sam Howell does not deserve to be in the league. He doesn't. No, not to Brissett. It's just that, you know, if you want this guy to be your starter, he needs to perform and take this job other than, okay, we look at Sam Howell and we say, oh, man, he's just a backup. Had we known he was just a backup, maybe they go ahead and get a starter and then Sam Howell is the backup to that starter. At the end of the day, we still have Sam Howell on a rookie contract, so it gives us the flexibility to do different things. You look at the teams like the 49ers who have that rookie contract, even with bringing in a Sam Darnold, the quarterback room for the uh, 49ers is so cheap that they can re-sign and sign a lot of other guys at other positions until it's time to pay a quarterback if that quarterback is deserving of getting a franchise quarterback-type money. So with all this being said, Sam Howell, QB1. Uh, we do have the wide receivers. We're looking for a tight end. We're looking for a couple more starters on that offensive line. Uh, when you transition to tight end, can we upgrade? We need to upgrade. I think that Logan Thomas is gone. The young guys we have in Rodgers and Todges and, and Bates, those guys are cool, but they're not game changers. They're not game changers. They are just another guy who's pretty solid, but not game changers. You move on to the defense. What do you have in defensive line? What do you have in edge? Where do you go if Chase Young is to get hurt? You brought in Obata, which is good. Um, you re-signed him back. Um, I see them possibly grabbing somebody in the draft or in free agency or something. You just continue to build that defensive line. You got to be deep at all positions, right? So with the defensive tackle position, I think we're solid with Ridgeway and Mathis coming back from injury. So we're solid there. You look at linebacker, Cody Barton and Jamin Davis is not enough. Maybe bringing an Anthony Walker Jr. and that solidifies it. And then you still add somebody in the draft. You guys notice I continue to say add somebody in the draft because there's nothing like adding young talent. That's kind of how we were able to find our two starting safeties in Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. Also, Cameron Curl is due for a deal. He's a free agent after this season. It would be wise, commanders, to get this deal done now. Then you try to get this deal done later. So we'll see what they do with Cameron Curl if they do anything this season. Um, also, Montez Sweat, he's coming up on a deal. Chase Young, he's coming up on a deal. So what happens with both of those guys? You bring back both guys and just have the most expensive defensive line in NFL history, or do you sign one and trade one, or you trade both of you bring neither one back? It will be interesting. But at the end of the day, you have to continue to secure guys at that defensive uh, um and position because you like you still need depth and then if something happens to where one of these guys walk you are secure so it'll be interesting to see if they go if they go defensive lineman one of the first two rounds which i don't think happens but one of the first two rounds it could be an indication that they're going to be moving on from somebody like montez sweat i say sweat because he's the next guy due for a deal so we'll see what happens there now moving on to the back end that's kind of where it gets tricky you have Kendall Fuller. You have Benjamin St. Juice. He hasn't been the 
fully healthy, healthy guy. So what do you do? Do you go ahead and you grab another guy via draft that can uh, uh, be a starter or eventually take over as a starter? Um, the corner room, they're really trying to build it the best that they can between solid guys and studs. Uh, Kendall Fuller balled out last year, especially the second half of the season. So uh, the back end is one of the parts of the team that I'm actually confident in. Special teams, we're good at kicker. Maybe not. Maybe you bring in competition for slide. But uh, we definitely need a return man, kickoff return, punt return. We need gunners. We need explosive plays. We need to you know, block more kicks, block more punts. We need to do something special team-wise. And hopefully this could be a year that we create more turnovers. So, guys. This has been an awesome episode. You guys are listening to Talking Commanders with Manny. Be sure to drop me a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. Let me know what you think about the Commanders' offseason moves thus far. How can the team improve? What do you guys see the team doing before the draft? What do you guys see the team doing in the draft? And what do you see the team doing after the draft? So, guys, once again, my name is Manny. This is the Talking Commanders with Manny podcast. Please be sure to follow me on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Please subscribe. Please give me a five star and a rating. Uh, I mean, you know, drop me a comment in there. Five star. I appreciate it. And I'm going to catch you guys on the next episode. I'm out. Peace.